Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. I am your host. Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might offend you, this may not be the show for you. You've had your warning. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. You have until tomorrow to place your limited edition Halloween orders. Get them while they're available, because this is it. Anyway, that's WickedWitchStudios.com for all of your amazing witching needs. With me for the hour. Okay, so listen, I've been doing this show for 10 years, and I have wanted this woman on the show for quite a while. But you know how, like, you don't know how to approach people sometime, and, and it's like, hmm... Maybe they'll say yes. Maybe I'll get my feelings hurt if she says no. I don't know. But she finally said yes. With me for the hour is the amazing, incredible author, artist, and wonderful person, Deborah Blake. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning. And I would like to go on record as saying that I said yes the first time you asked me, and I would have said yes all along. You just had to ask me. I didn't I'm know. easy. I didn't know. I I got shy. No, seriously, there have been people that I have asked who have said, well, you know, I don't really know who you are. Well, you know, if you had asked Dorothy Morrison about me, Dorothy would have said, oh, she's very nice. Just, you know, just ask her. Yeah, you know, I don't make the assumption that all witches know each other. Um, I probably should do it more often. But well, yeah, no, I, most writer witches know each other, not not necessarily all witches. Dorothy was actually very supportive of my writing career when I first started out, and I we right. you know I don't think have ever met in person, but we've had a lot of communications. And she's a sweetie, and I love her books. I mean, oh. she was one of my inspirations yeah. for sure. So, but either way, now you have me, and you're stuck with me for the next yeah. hour. So. Do your worst. Love it. No, not at all. I I am so tickled to death that you did say yes, and the first time, and I didn't have to beg. But because, <laughs> you know, listen, even as somebody my age, even as somebody who's been doing this show for going on 10 years, and February will be 10 years exactly since I first started wow, doing the podcast. happy anniversary. That's amazing. Thank you so, thank you so much. Um, I love doing it, but you know what? Again, there seems to be this thing, and I want to talk about your book, but I do want your opinion on things because there seems to be a lot of... Oh, I of, have lots of I've opinions. Never, no no worries. All right the on. opinions. I right have on. all the opinions. Yeah, I love a woman with all the opinions. Actually, I just love people with all the opinions because yep. I have some 
I like to share them, but I don't like to share them necessarily on social media. I feel safe on my forum because it's right. my show, but I don't I don't necessarily share my opinions. I share mine if I'm asked. I don't, you know, I don't always volunteer what my opinion is, but, you know, never ask me a question Mm -hmm. unless you actually want the answer because I will tell you. Right on. Right on. I love that. No, that's perfect because I figure I'm of a certain age. You're of a certain age with me. Oh, yeah. Um, So we can... We can hash this out, you know. But I'm, I'm, I got concerned a few weeks ago because I kept seeing this bullshit about, you know, well, I've never heard of so-and-so, and I've never heard of this, this, this witch's event, or I don't know this person or that person. And I'm like, well, um, reading will solve that problem for you. But then people were, like, all in their fucking feelings about it, and they were, they were like, well, you know, you're not doing real witchcraft. Not to me, but just like general right. things I was seeing was, you know, you don't, you're not, you're not a real witch, and and this person. <laughs> uh, I love that one. You're not a real witch. witch. Okay, give me the right. definition of a real witch. Point one out, and then you know, show me ten other witches and tell me how they're not real witches. The thing about witchcraft is, yeah. it's you know, it runs such a gamut. I mean, to me, if you say you're a witch, you're a witch. You may not be the kind of witch I want to hang around with, you know, but, you know, right. that's that's true of any other religion, too. I mean, I have lots of friends who are Christians, and then there are yeah. Christians that I know I wouldn't want to hang around with. It doesn't mean they're not Christians. It just means they're not my flavor of Christian, as it were. Um, and the same is true of witches. There are plenty of witches that, you know, they – they are absolutely witches. They just aren't the kind of witches I'd want to hang around with. Uh, I mean, that's true of people in general because, exactly. you know, people. Blah. People. <laughs> people, I know. Yeah. Seriously. It's like but yeah, but everybody fucking attitudes. But it isn't, it isn't just the witch thing. It seems to be permeating all, our culture right now. I mean, I, I belong uh-huh. to a writer's organization for romance writers because I write fiction as well. And, um, and you know, there's been like a whole lot of kerfuffle around various things. You know, people were you know, saying, oh, this person did this and this person did this and these people shouldn't be in charge and blah. And it's some of it really was factual and there really was an issue. Some of it was, as you said, people being all up in their feelings. And what mm-hmm. happens, and I think what's happening, unfortunately, across our country right now, and I don't want to get into politics because good Lord, no, um, but People are confusing facts with how they feel about things, and then they're arguing because anybody who doesn't agree with them must therefore be wrong and evil. And, you know, I can disagree with people. I run, for my day job, I run an artist cooperative shop with 50 artists. You had better believe that among those 50 artists, there are a few people I don't agree with. But we get along, you know, everybody follows, you know, the rules, and, you know, we try and play nice together, and occasionally somebody yeah. will say something I don't agree with, and I will just bite my tongue and, you know, walk away and mutter to myself. But, yeah, and and my my take on all of that, you're not a real witch, blah, 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 I just ignore it. You know, if people are being obnoxious, yeah. I block them, and then I just walk away and do my 
I'm pretty sure it's a real witch thing because there is yeah. no arguing. You can't argue with people when they're all up in their feelings because they're, you know, they're not, they, they don't want to be confused with the facts. That is, you, that's spot on. It's so true. And it's, and it's true across the board. Like you said, it's not just witchcraft. There's a level of gatekeeping in everything I'm seeing. And it's, it's so odd. And I think you really hit the nail on the head with the idea that it's what you're feeling. It's not really a fact. And, right. and I think that explains right. a lot of it. We have, we have just come around to exposing our feelings maybe too much. I don't know where we're I basically all flashing each other. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's I like, mean, Oh, look, here's my feelings. You, know? you can look at them whether you want to or not. Yeah. It's, I think, yeah. you know, we're going through a real rough patch as a country right now. And then, you know, COVID came along and, and made that tougher. Certainly it, you know, it yeah. has made it tougher for me. And I think, you know, people are just struggling with, you know, finding a, a, a reality that they're comfortable in, and when they're not comfortable, instead of saying, well, what can I change about myself or my situation, they point fingers at other mm-hmm. people and go, this is all your fault. And, you know, that's one of the things that I love about witchcraft as a practice and as a spiritual path is it is all about personal responsibility, and you are essentially – told, you know, yes, the gods will help you if you ask them nicely, but you have to help yourself uh-huh. first. You are responsible for your own life. You are, I mean, which doesn't mean that if bad things happen to you, it's all your fault. You know, goodness knows, you know, lots of bad things happen to lots of very nice people. Um, but sure. what it does mean is that nobody but you is responsible for how you respond to those things, and you can use practical things and you can use witchcraft things but either way you are in charge of your own life you know there is no you know give it up into somebody else's hands i mean you can absolutely you know say i have faith that this is going to turn out okay you know i i try and hang on to that when things are not going well um but you know it is a for me at least uh you know uh spiritual path that's all about personal responsibility and that's one of the things that I like about it absolutely oh I totally agree you don't have to wait for some person in the sky you know or or, <laughs> or somebody who thinks in your hands right you know and and you don't have to wait for somebody else to talk to God for you you know you can you can just uh-huh. walk out in your backyard and go uh help so yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's you know just part of my take on it. But you know, it's and yeah, all you can do, I think, with the rest of it is just put your head down, deal with your own life the best you can, help other people around you, the you know as as best you can, so that you're you know putting out positive things into the universe, and that you're hopefully part of something that is a little bit bigger than just you know you surviving. And after that, most of the rest of everybody is going to have to take care of themselves. It's very true. But speaking of helping other people, I have to say, the Eclectic Witch's Book of Shadows, Witchy Wisdom, at your fingertips, i got to say, for a lazy old hoe like me, this is fabulous. <laughs> because now, here's the thing. I've been practicing witchcraft since I was a kid. 
whatever. Anyway, that's not really important. What's important is I know that I should have at least started a book of shadows by now. I fucking have. I just haven't. I'm lazy. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to make you busy. feel better. Uh, I don't, I, okay. until I wrote this one, I didn't have a book of shadows either. My coven has a book right. of shadows, but that's basically, you know, we just put, you know, the rituals and spells we've done in there, you know, pictures of, you know, vacations we've taken together, things like that. I did not have a personal book of shadows until I basically went, well, I'm too lazy to keep looking in all the books I've written before this to figure out what what I said about, like, these herbs. I'm going to put it all together in a book that will hopefully help everybody else, too, and then I'll have a book of shadows. So, yeah, I'm I'm lazy, too. I just work hard at it. <laughs> all right. So for the, for the younger uh, witches in the audience, please explain to them, what a book of shadows is and why it's important to have one. And it is, even if we didn't, either of us. <laughs> um, well, a book of shadows is basically a witch's accumulated wisdom, um, and everybody approaches it differently. So, like I said, my coven, we just put our rituals and our spells in there. And, you know, some of the rituals that we did involved, you know, information on, say, herbs and things like that. So that's in there, too. Um, and, you know, there's little bits and pieces of, of knowledge in the in the rituals. But for an individual witch, usually what that does is, you know, it gives you a place to keep all of the things you've learned so you don't have to go run to all, like, ten of my books and go, 13, however many it is, um, and go, okay, there's which book did she say the thing about the herbs? Um and so, yes, if you put all of your knowledge about, say, herbs and stones in there, that's great. If you have a particular goddess, goddesses, gods that you follow, you can write something about them. Some people write down, like if they do divination and do a, t- a tarot reading or have, you know, dreams, they put that in their book of shadows as a way of, you know, remembering it and keeping track of it so that a year later they can go back and look at the tarot reading and what, say, wow, that all came true, or, gee, none of that came true. I should go to a different tarot reader the next time, or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, any any knowledge that is important to the, your practice of witchcraft, I know people who put recipes in there. I put recipes in the Book of Shadows that I published because it's nice to have a couple, you know, at your fingertips kind of thing, um, you know, things for cakes sure. and ale and did that sort of thing. Um you know, information about the Sabbaths, um, you know, anything that you worked hard to learn and you're afraid you're going to forget or that you just don't want to have to keep going back and looking up over and over again. It's, a, it's basically your own personal witchcraft encyclopedia, but you can put anything mm-hmm. in it that you want or don't want. You know, when I did the Eclectic Witches Book of Shadows, I – asked Llewellyn to, you know, leave some blank pages and put some spaces so that people could make it their own, so they could add things to it. You know, there's a whole bunch of herbs listed in there, but say you come across an herb that you like that worked really well for you that's not in the book, you can then, you know, write it down and add it so that it is an ever-expanding, you know, a, a book of shadows is a live thing almost. I mean, it's always growing. You're always adding to it. It's not 
it's not like you're ever done with it unless you decide not to be a witch anymore. Um, and, you know, some people share theirs with other witches. Some people keep it just for themselves. You know, that's a completely personal decision, you know, unless, of course, you publish it, in which case everybody gets it. Right, right, of course. And But that's, you know, that's something I just got to tell you. <laughs> I, one of the things I love in this book is the prosperity pesto. Yeah, there's recipes, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my, 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 you know, I, I've had a, a coven since 2004, um, and it's the same wow. core group of people, although other people have come and gone. And we're foodie witches. We love to eat. Yeah. You know, feasts are feasts are great because. With one exception, everybody really is a foodie. So we have a lot of good food when we get together. It's you know sometimes we say wow. that the ritual is really just an excuse for the feast. Um, so yeah, you know I like to to share some of the recipes. Plus, you know kitchen witchery is a really easy way. You're talking about being a lazy witch. Well, you're going to cook mm-hmm. something anyway, so why not add a little yep. witchcraft to your cooking, and then you've done double duty. I'm not so much a lazy witch. I'm a busy, overwhelmed witch. So, you know, mm-hmm. I always have way more things to do than I have the time and energy to do them, and trying to integrate yeah. my spiritual practice in my day-to-day life is is one of those challenges. I mean, that's why I wrote, you know, Everyday Witchcraft, um, making time for spirit in a too busy world um, because, you know, I know that everybody's struggling with this. You know, this is not something that sure. is just you or me. You know, I don't I don't have any friends who are like, oh, I have two hours to sit around and think of a ritual. I have nothing else to do. <laughs> no, they're like, uh, right. but in that two and a half hours, I also have to, you know, uh, clean out my my stove and make dinner for the family and you know right. send four emails. So yeah, if you can find a way to to do a little bit extra, you know, when you're doing something else anyway, you know, I do you know spiritual house cleaning, you know, add a little bit of of oomph to your you know mop water, you know, add some you know uh, magical oils or you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, and and then, you know, if you got a mop anyway, you can at least be cleansing your house in, you know, a, a witchy way too. Yeah, which makes, you know, a lot of sense when you're really busy. But, you know, one of the things I also wanted to talk about was the fact that when I was coming up, and I don't know if it was the same for you, I was lucky enough to be in New York. I grew up in the city, so I had access to stuff. And back then, there wasn't a lot of stuff to have access to. If you were close enough to a store like Enchantments, which I was, I was able to access different books. But that didn't happen until my late teens when I had the ability to travel more on my own. Um, So when I would acquire a book on witchcraft, it, it kind of became the only thing I had. So I thought that was the practice that I followed. And I eventually, you know, was was taken into a group and, 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 you know, mentored, and I was very lucky in that regard. It doesn't happen that way anymore. It doesn't necessarily have to because now you have access to everything. So, Although that's a mixed blessing, to come, too. Exactly. 
exactly, because when when you only have a limited amount of information, you only learn a limited amount of stuff. When you have too many things, it's just it can be overwhelming in that regard. So you're at one extreme or the other. But using this book, you, you know, when you're reading other books, which I know a lot of young witches read tons and tons and tons of books, um, you can Yay, take the people who read. It's so true. Um, But, yeah, for folks who read a lot of books, I mean, I have to, but that's because it's part of what I do. But the the fact of the matter is, is your book is instrumental for, you know, if if you haven't gotten to a point yet where you're doing your own book of shadows, you can put the things that you've learned from this book Deborah's other books, maybe some of your other favorite writers, and you can compile them into this book so that at some point when you do have the luxury of time, never, uh, you can compile your own book with all of the wonderful Or when you're ready. You I mean, I think, you know, for witches yeah. who are just starting out, there's there's sort of a, you know, a pathway, and it's different for everybody. I actually didn't come to witchcraft until I was in my, I think, mid-30s. Um, and yeah, I was a late bloomer, uh, and yeah, and I didn't actually (laughs) write my first witchcraft book until I was 45. So really a late bloomer. I've just been playing catch up ever since. Uh, yeah, I literally sent in my 13th book to Llewellyn last night, uh, finished the one that I was working on, which is going to be a coven book, um, but uh and and then I had one book with St. Martin's Press. Uh so I've I've actually written a total of fourteen books, but only thirteen of them are out at the moment. And that's not counting the fiction. Um but yeah, you know, uh-huh. I was lucky enough also to to have somebody who knew me who kept inviting me to come to her group and I kept going, uh, people. Uh <laughs> I don't know about this, uh-huh. but it sounds weird. Um yeah, I, I it's actually sort of ironic because I am in general, a fairly solitary person. You know, I mean, I sit in a corner and write and I make jewelry and, you know, I live by myself. And yet I am a group witch. I mean, I do witchcraft on my own, of course, but I actually really enjoy being part of a group. It was a a real shock to me. But, yeah, so my first Uh high priestess um, had come from a Wiccan background. Uh, You know, she did not have a high priest in the group, although, you know, there were – men in the group that occasionally would take that role in a in a ritual or something but yeah so she i studied with her for i'm going to say five five and a half years and she actually didn't call it a coven she called it a study group and you know we Mm -hmm. we really were learning and it was it was great and educational and you know i learned an awful lot and then when I, you know, got to a certain point, I said, okay, I think I'm ready to study to be a high priestess, and I did a year and a day. And then I left that group and, and sort of, you know, spent nine months hanging out on my own and then formed my own group. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where everybody's path to witchcraft is different. And one of the things yeah. that I say in my books over and over and over again, probably to the point where people are rolling their eyes and going, oh, shut up, I heard you the first time, there's no right way to do it. You know, the people who tell you there is only one right way to do witchcraft are, you should excuse the expression, full of bullshit. Um, because uh-huh. yeah. there's no one right way to do 
almost anything. I mean, yes, there's probably one right way to rewire a lamp because um, if you don't do it the right way, the lamp will blow up. But, you know, as when it comes to spiritual things and to how you live your life, there's never going to be one right way. I mean, there are some wrong ways. You know, I mean, there. I am a big believer in not harming others. I know not all witches, you know, follow that, and that's their personal choice. And you know, I have, you know, it's got nothing to do with me. But you know, all right. of my teachings are, you know, you can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't harm anybody else, and as long as it doesn't harm yourself. You know, that's an important component. Right. A lot of people, when they hear harm none, they think, oh, I can't, you know, cast. Catch a, I cast a hex on my neighbor because his dog is barking too loud. It also means that you shouldn't be doing things that are are not good for you. So you know, put down the candy bar, walk away from the second glass of wine. Never mind. Don't don't listen to me. What do I know? Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think people need to follow their own path at their own time. And the book of shadows that I put out, hopefully, for the people who are not ready to to write their own or have no inclination to write their own. Um, you know, I mean, not everybody wants to sit down and compile all of the bits and pieces of things. Not everybody's that organized. Not everybody, you know, enjoys doing that sort of thing. And so, you know, that's why I put this out because I thought, well, you know, for, for the people who don't want to do it themselves or aren't ready to do it themselves, you know, I'll, I'll give them a, a, a way to have one without having to start from scratch. Yeah, exactly. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to have somebody else's knowledge or the knowledge of several people compiled in one place, you know, as you're learning and growing on, you know, whether you're in a group or solitary. See, having started off in a group and then I wound up being solitary like most of my life because my man, my mentors pretty much passed away. Right. Um, <laughs> which is an odd thing. It's kind of like, well, should you look for another group to be in? And it's like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Well, I, and nothing, I live you know. in I live in rural upstate New York, and there are not mm-hmm. a lot of groups here. I get people all the time saying, you know, how do I find other witches? And you know, my answer is not very helpful. Unfortunately, is like, you know, I don't really know. I mean, I I know there are lots of individual witches here because they come into the store and they buy my books, and you know, I get emails and things. But you know, there's no place we don't have a store that has a bulletin board. You know, we don't have you know the the woman who taught me used to do things at our local Unitarian church that were open and people could go to them. And then she moved outside of town and, you know, got tired of doing it after, you know, 30 years or whatever. And, and so she doesn't do that. And my group is not an open group. We're fairly small. We've been together for a long period of time. And while we do occasionally add somebody new, it's usually somebody that we know pretty well and know will fit with the energy of the group. So, you know, like I literally had two women this week message me and say, you know, is there any chance that, you know, I could come to your group? And, of course, because of COVID, we're being extra careful right now. You know, we, we sure. hopefully hopefully we'll be meeting outside tomorrow for Samhain around the bonfire if it doesn't rain. Um, it is, it right. is maybe going to rain. Um, but even if we're inside, we know that everybody's been really careful. You know, we, we know each other's lifestyles, the whole thing. 
And, you know, yeah. we we cannot do that with strangers right now. It's unfortunate, but true. You know, outside feels pretty safe, but inside is, is tricky. And because it's upstate New York, we're not going to be outside again until probably Beltane. You know, it's, mm-hmm. by May, hopefully the snow will be gone. You know, you're never really sure, yeah. usually. Yeah, well, coming from New York, I – Totally get it. I I remember snowstorms at very inappropriate and unexpected times, especially upstate. Um, so yeah, I get it. Uh, but you know, energy in a group is very important. I think it's really hard um, when you're an established older person like myself to find a group. I think you know, at this particular point in my life. I'm so leery of the energy that other folks who I don't know bring into a group situation. And it's not that yeah, it's Yeah, it can energy. be pretty it's, tricky. That's not even, yeah, I mean, it's, and again, it's not that it's ne- that they're, they're, they have negative energy. It's that the energy is different when you have ever mesh with, with someone. your as well. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I discovered over my years of practicing, you know, with my first group and then when I first started mine, we would let, you know, anybody come to the Sabbaths. We'd do like full moons on our own, but, you know, I knew a lot of witches and we were sort of like, yes, anybody can come. And what I discovered was, you know, that even the witches with the best of intentions, and most of them really do have good intentions, some of them had very scattered energy and could not pay attention to save themselves. You know, they were always disruptive unintentionally, but, you know, you couldn't maintain a really good focus because these people were just blithering in the middle of the ritual. And then there were the people who were so negative that they were always basically bringing their negativity into the circle and dumping it on everybody else. And, you know, they said they wanted help, but really what they just wanted to do was, you know, you know whine about their situation. And, I mean, people go through difficult times, and it's great to have support then, you know, but I'm not talking about those kind of people. I'm talking about the people who basically were just a walking black cloud, and all they wanted was for people to go, oh, poor baby, oh, poor baby, and pat them on the shoulder, but never actually do anything to change their situation. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we eventually became a closed group was because we just wanted to – you know, hunker down and do our witchcraft and be together. And, you know, we've been practicing together for such a long time now that we're like an extended family, which, you know, I I know most people don't get that. I feel very, very fortunate. And I don't know that, you know, if, God forbid, this group broke up, I don't know that I would go looking for another one. I, you know, I think I'd probably just wait and see what the gods wanted, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, we we recently added, you know, a couple of people. One of them, I had a housemate for the last year and a half. She just moved out now. She came to sort of hide out from COVID. And luckily she was a witch. So, you know, she would come to group. Right. But, yeah, yeah. I, one of the pieces of advice that I give to witches when they're just starting out, whether they're young or not young, um, is to be mindful of that energy and what other people around you are putting out, especially in group situations. Most coven leaders are wonderful. Every once in a while you do find one who is trying to take advantage of 
people, you know, if they're in a position of power, it's true in, in anything, mm-hmm. or somebody who just likes to be the boss, you know. Um, right. And, you know, that I have known coven leaders who basically – didn't want to be equals. They, you know, they wanted to be the high priest or high priestess or whatever. I don't even really use the term high priestess anymore because we've been practicing together for so long. We, you know, there's no high anything. We're just a bunch of women hanging around in my living room. Um, but I yeah, you know what? That's great. You know, what I what I talk about sometimes is that the ten foot pole. Which is, you know, something that you know, which I stole from somebody else. Um, but okay. you know, if if something feels wrong to you, if your gut says, mm, I don't know, this person doesn't seem right, or this group doesn't seem right, or this information that I'm being given, you know, or that I found on the internet doesn't seem right, listen to your gut and run away. You know, I mean, that's, you know, the the gods will tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, this is not a good idea, but you have to be paying attention. Yeah, and there's a lot of not paying attention. (laughs) Well, you know, I think it's especially when you're starting out, but also just in general, if somebody presents themselves as an authority, we tend Mm -hmm. to believe them. I mean, if you go to a doctor and the doctor says, oh, you know, you have such and such wrong with you, there's nothing that can be done, you should just go home and go to bed. Uh, You know, many people, you know, people who haven't spent as long dealing with the, you know, system as I have, will go, oh, well, the doctor said so, it must be true. Once you've you've been through the system for a while, you learn to think about it and do your own research and maybe go, well, they said there's nothing that can be done, but maybe they didn't think about herbs or acupuncture or blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, I I have fibromyalgia, which, you know, there literally is no treatment for. I mean, they can give you a couple of meds, all of which basically have horrible side effects and don't particularly work as far as I can tell, Um, and they just treat the symptoms. The only things that I've found that really help are the non-traditional things. So, yeah, you know, no matter what, experts tell you you have to listen to your own gut and that's true in witchcraft as well you know if somebody says oh well you know i wrote this book and therefore i know everything look at how many books there are out there and think about whether or not every single person who wrote a book actually knows everything i don't know everything i've written 14 books and there are lots of things that i don't know the answers for or that I certainly don't know what the answer for you is. I may know what the answer for me is, sure. but you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I you know I think one of my best pieces of advice to you know newbie witches is yes, do your research you know widely. Not don't just get one source. You know, read a lot of things, talk to a lot of people, but then also think for yourself. You know, decide what it is that you know, you want to do, what it is you're looking for, what feels right to you, you know, do you want to be a solitary or do you want to practice with others? You know, do you want this to be a driving force in your life or do you want this to just be a quiet little thing on the side? All of those things are fine Mm -hmm. and nobody can tell you what's right for you. You have to figure it out. I mean, hopefully books like mine will help you figure it out. Sure. Absolutely. And it does because it doesn't, because you don't deal in absolutes. And 
I appreciate that. I appreciate folks who say, this is how I do it. It may work for you. But if it doesn't work for you, here's, at least this is your jumping point. This is, this is how a person can do this, as opposed to this is how it's done, period. Right. And there, yeah, and, there you seems know. to be a lot of that lately, and it, it gives me great concern. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm always concerned when people say, you know, this I have the answer for you. It's like, no, I have, you know, a series of of possibilities and you pick your own answer. One of the things that people tell me that they like about my books is that they're they're easy to read. They're not I'm not talking down to anybody and it's basically yes. like sitting across the kitchen table from your friendly neighborhood witch. And if you don't happen to have a friendly neighborhood witch, then, you know, you've got my books, which, you know, yeah. the friendly neighborhood witch would pour you a cup of tea, maybe read the leaves, I don't know, um, but would say, uh-huh. well, have you, th- you know, this is how I do it, and, you know, here's some possible suggestions, and, you know, here's a cool spell I came across or wrote myself, you know, mm-hmm. what do you think? Exactly. Exactly. Or what was your approach to this? Let's share an idea. Maybe this didn't work for you. Maybe this might work for you. Maybe you have to have a different attitude about certain things. I find people get really hung up and stuck. And those are the folks who are easily told what to do because they feel hung up and stuck. So if you feel hung up and stuck, sometimes that's your clue to not do anything yet. You're just not at a point where... You can move forward, and that's fine. You don't have to be everything. Yeah, sometimes you have to sit with something for a while. You know, it's like exactly. if you if you uh, you know if if you you know your significant other you know leaves you and you you know, are not in a relationship, you don't necessarily have to go run out and find another relationship right away. You can sit by yourself for a while and say, okay, what went wrong with this relationship? How much of it was that person? How much of it was me? What can I do differently the next time? And that's true with a lot Mm -hmm. of things in life, whether it's jobs or family relationships or money things. You know, if something didn't go right, you know, see if you can figure out why. And uh, sometimes it has absolutely nothing to do with you. In fact, often. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. But it's important to identify when there is a common factor. You know, if you had four relationships in a row where somebody left you because they said that you, you know, were controlling, for instance, or never listened to them or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, then possibly you need to look at the fact that four people in a row said that. And if you're, you know, if you're trying a spell – Say you try four spells in a row and none of them work, maybe you need to sit down and look at not just the spells, and maybe it's where you got the spells and they're not a good fit for you, or maybe it's, you know, maybe your focus isn't good enough. Maybe you're asking for the wrong things. You know, I always tell people, Mm -hmm. especially with, like, prosperity work, don't just ask for money. You know, money is great, but if you do something more open-ended, you know, I mean – I used to do craft shows with my jewelry back when I had enough time to make more jewelry than I do now. Um, and right. I, would do, I would do, you know, a spell for prosperity before each show, 
And sometimes it would mean that I would sell a lot of jewelry, which was wonderful. And sometimes it would mean somebody would come up to me and say, oh, I have a store, and I would love to sell your jewelry in my store. They didn't give me money on that day, but there was an opening for more prosperity later. So, you know, I think you have to be careful as a witch not to limit yourself. And if your spells aren't working, maybe you're being too specific. You know, maybe you're saying, you know, I want, you know, that guy down the street. Well, maybe that guy down the street isn't available or isn't right for you, and the gods aren't going to send him because it's a bad idea. Maybe ask for the Uh person who is right for you and, Mm -hmm. you know, see what happens. I'm I'm not a big fan of love spells anyway. I think it is way too easy to interfere with free will, which I'm not a big fan of, and, and get yourself into trouble. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. Sometimes, depending on, on the conversation, um, I, I, I've had it explained to me where it makes sort of sense, but it depends on the spell and it depends on the person and it depends on, I mean, there's too many factors involved for me to, like, do any kind of love magic. I'm right. very lucky. i got plenty of I got a lot of love. I'm very lucky. I don't have to worry right. about well, it. Well, there's Who more than one kind of love. My big thing exactly. is, you know, I always tell people, and this is like a newbie mistake, which, let me add, I made, that I'm speaking from experience okay. here. I was also a beginning witch at one point. But yep. I always say do not do a love spell on a particular person because that's taking away free will. It also may lock you into something that later you are going to regret and then it's hard to undo. I once, you know, when I was young and stupid, I did a love Uh spell on somebody that I was sure was supposed to be with me. I was sure I knew that's what the universe wanted and the spell worked just fine. The problem was, a few months later, I figured out he was a crazy-ass you know, son of a bitch, and then I couldn't get rid of him, and it took all sorts of work to finally – it basically took me apologizing to the gods and going, oh, I'm so sorry. I really screwed this up. I will never do this again. Um, you know, But yeah. all of the magical things that I tried – you know, we did not work, and our energy was connected for a couple of years, and it was really unpleasant. So don't do what I did. Yeah. You know, if you want to do, like yeah. in my books, I have an opening up to love spell. I have spells that are, you know, very open-ended. You know, put it out there that you want somebody um, or a puppy. Right. You know, get a puppy or a cat. I mean, I have four cats. Cats are good. Um, but, you know, don't <laughs> don't ever do any kind of spell that interferes with free will, no matter how benign you think it is. I also tell people right. not to do healing spells on somebody else without their permission. If you say to somebody, Correct. oh, I see you're suffering – You know, would it be okay with you if I did a spell? Some people are going to go, oh, yes, that would be wonderful. Some people are going to say, do you want to do a what now? No, back away. And the reason people get get confused when I say you shouldn't do a healing spell on somebody without their permission. They're like, but but my friend is sick. My friend has cancer. My, you know, why why shouldn't I help? And it's because, you know, first of all, everybody has free will and – there are some people who choose illness. 
they don't necessarily do it consciously, mm-hmm. but there's a lesson that they need to learn, and that's the way they need to learn it. Um, and, you know, some people have a battle they need to fight. You know, we can't make judgments about that kind of thing. Sometimes it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's something where the battle can't be won. All you're going to do is prolong their suffering. And you can't fight the gods, you know, if, if it's their time, it's their time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, there are, there are people I wish I could have saved and I couldn't because I am not a god. You know, I am just a little witch sitting in upstate New York, um, and I have done healing spells, you know, both for myself and for other people. Like my group, we had, we've had a couple of people who've gone through surgery, and as a group, we've done, you know, a healing spell that would get them through surgery and help them heal fast, but that was a decision that they were involved with and they were, you know, 100% behind. So, yeah, you do really have to be careful about doing any spell on anybody who is not you, basically. Yeah, and that was going to be my point about the love spells. I am a big proponent for if you're going to cast a love spell, cast it on yourself. Yep. Yeah, you know, make if, if, make if me is, more appealing. Make me, you know, make me less right, of a crabby exactly. bitch so that I can, I can be, you know, somebody would want to actually date me. You know, we, maybe we could do a spell that will, that will make us both thirty again. I don't know. <laughs> no, that, that, no, yeah, no, that you're right. Here's that would thing. not be good either. That would I worked out. hard for I all mean, these gray hairs. Couple, no shit. I mean, seriously. I okay. So I've been married three times. My Ooh. first husband. Yeah, my first husband was a witch, a Republican witch. Oh, good sense. grief! That ended. Yeah, and that, that he, yeah, that happened. the The Republican part happened later on. I'm like, I actually used to sleep with you. Gross. Um, right. Yeah. Two, no, I got a couple. Like no. my ex husband was a was a like hippie freak, Dungeons and Dragons playing, you know, crazy uh-huh. man. Uh-huh. But then when we we got uh-huh. separated, and I came back, and his ultra religious parents had gotten to him, and I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. Oh. <laughs> and that was before my <laughs> witch days. Even I just was not going to. Oh no. Oh dear no. <laughs> But yeah, three three's then, three's a good number, you know, three's three's a lot of practice, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's finally getting it right. But the 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 fact of the matter is is being in my thirties and being in my twenties sucked. I hated oh, I yeah. hated all of those times. Um, well, and I wouldn't I, want know, to go back to being as ignorant as I used to be. I mean, there are there are things that are not spectacular about being 61 and, and, you know, a crone, but I worked hard to get to this place where I am in my life, and I don't ever want to go backwards. You know, I mean, there are exactly. – yes, I, I, I would I would like to have, you know, some of the benefits of youth with the knowledge of being older, but it doesn't work that way. Exactly right. And the fact is, is that, and this was part of a rant I did a week or so ago, where it was like, you know, when I was coming up, there was no internet. So everything I did was not seen in the public eye. Right. And I don't think I could survive the scrutiny that we put people under, we the populace. Right. Uh, yeah, no, it is, it is tough. 
Yeah, it's terrible. We don't give people a chance to make mistakes. We don't give people a chance to grow. We don't, I mean, people don't, listen, I'm old, you know. Um, things have changed rapidly in the last decade and a half. And, you know, staying, well, it's not even about being relevant, because I, I, I don't consider myself relevant, and I really don't give a <laughs> shit. Uh, I'm relevant. Yeah, I don't, relevant I don't know that I'm relevant family. either. <laughs> Well, I mean, because you're still writing and because people are interested in what you have to say, um, that makes you relevant. Um, I guess, it, well, and the they love my tarot deck, bless them. I mean, that the tarot deck really yeah. seems to, the Everyday Witch Tarot, illustrated by Elizabeth Alba, who is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that seems to have really hit a chord with people. You know, a lot of people who've been trying to learn tarot and could never quite find a deck that resonated with them seem to really like mm-hmm. that one. Again, I'm tried, I try and make it accessible. I try and make it something that, you know, is easy for people to use and make sense and is, is non-threatening because, you know, I don't think the tarot should be threatening. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'm right. a little relevant. On the other hand, you know, people, I think people have this idea, you know, you said you were afraid to ask me to be on your show. People have this idea of me, because I've written so many books, of being like this, you know, law, famous witch, law. Well, guess what? When we're done with this, I have to take my garbage to the dump. Then I get to change out a toilet seat. Um, and, you know, it's like I do the same things that everybody else does. I just happen to write books in the, you know, on the side. There is nothing glamorous about my life. There, I am not in any way better or more important or more interesting than anybody. All right, maybe a little bit more interesting. Um, but that's only because I have really cool cats. But, you know, it is it is a strange thing because what you have to understand when you look at people like authors or even for the most part, you know, really, really famous authors, not me, but like Dorothy Morrison, um, who I consider to be a much more high-profile witch than I am, um, they just live the same kind of lives that everybody else does, and they do the yeah. same kind of things, and most of us do not see ourselves as being in any way special. Every book I put out, I think, oh, crap, is this the one everybody's not going to like, you know, especially with the mm-hmm. fiction. The nonfiction, I don't worry quite as much. With my, with my novels, I'm like, oh, God, I just put out my first cozy mystery instead of the paranormal romance. People are going to hate it. They didn't. That was, which is good. Um, but uh, right. yeah, you know, we're we're really just like everybody else. And although you every once in a while meet up against somebody who's got an ego, you know, there are a few of them out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not naming any names. There are a few people who think right. they are, you know, the end all be all. Most of us, however, are just normal people who go to the dump and install new toilet seats. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing and good to hear from the person themselves. I mean, yeah, am I a fan of yours? Of course I am. I'm not a moron, um, although some people might debate that too, whatever. Well, it's a separate yeah. conversation. But, but, you know, there's a certain amount of, oh, wow, what a great writer, what a great person. I wonder if they would give me the time of day. And, you know, I, I got pleasantly surprised because you did say yes, but 
Yeah, there's well, there's you know, I answer every single message. I get messages on Facebook and Twitter, and people send me emails. I respond to every single one. Sometimes my my response is, I'm sorry, that's not something I can really help you with. You know, try this or try this. Right. But, you know, I literally try, I mean, and if I don't, it's because I thought I did and it fell out of my brain, which a lot of things fall out of my brain. But... I really do try and be, you know, without, without, you know, I, I, I do periodically get people who are like, can you just tell me how to be a witch? And I'm like, well, I wrote 13 books. Could you read one of those? I yeah. don't have the time to explain this from scratch to everybody. And I sometimes exactly. have to cut a conversation short because people don't understand that they're not the only person who's reaching out to me and that if I take my time sure. to, like, answer 20 questions for every person, I don't get to write the books that, the, you know, everybody else gets to read. But, no, I, I try and be, you know, open for people to reach out to. And, and I, you know, say when I do interviews like this, I say, you know, if you have a question about one of my books, you know, by all means, you know, I'm I am everywhere on the internet. Well, not on TikTok because I'm too old for that shit. But um, Me too. you know, like I'm on I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and I have a, you know, a website and a blog and a Patreon and an Etsy store. You can find me. And and most of it is either under, you know, Deborah Blake or Deborah Blake author. You know, my website is DebraBlakeAuthor.com, and it's got links to everything. So, you know, if you can spell Deborah, which is D-E-B-O-R-A-H, the long biblical way, as I like to say, um, you can find me, and if you have a question, you know, I mean, I may not have the answers, uh, you know, or I may not be able to help you with that particular issue, you know, Again, don't come to me for love spells because I will just turn you into a newt. But, um, you know, other than that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I have a lot of frogs in my pond out in my garden, and people are like, wow, yeah. you have so many frogs. And I'm like, yeah, that's what happened to the last person who pissed me off. And they look at me like, she is kidding, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, maybe. Don't know. Not sure. Don't want to take a chance. Yes. No, That's thanks. right. You know, um, do you good. do you want to test this theory? <laughs> uh, I respect you. I've re- I've read your books. No, I have a healthy uh, respect and fear because I think that's part of where respect comes from. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty mellow. I, it takes a, it takes a lot to really piss me off. You'd have to work a whole heck of a lot <laughs> harder than you have the energy for. I hear you're lazy. True. True. See, True. then you're All fine. True. None of this is a lie. Everything she just said is 100% true. <laughs> I am lazy and I don't have – I do not have the spoons – to pull up the manpower it would take to make you angry. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I don't have the spoons to, to, to argue with you if you did because I, I'm so tired, too, and I'd be just like, yeah, whatever you said. Okay, that's fine. Sure. I mean, this this has been so great, and I, I can't believe the hour is almost up, but it is. Um, it is. So now I'm going to ask you. Yeah, can you believe it? It's like five up. So wow. while I have you in public, 
Uh-oh. You can't get away from me. Going to ask you if I invite you back, will you come back on? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this was this was fun. There there are plenty of things to you know to talk about. I mean, it obviously it depends on on when um, because like in right. December I'm crazy busy because I run a shop. It's uh, right. it's not like regular retail, yeah. but it's still crazy busy juggling fifty artists. Not easy. Just saying. Uh, but yeah, I would be happy to come back and chat with you any old time. You just. Just send me an email. You know where to find me and say, okay, come talk about X. You know, next time let's talk uh-huh. about cats because I'll talk about cats all day long too. Yeah. We can do that. I love yep. cats. Yeah, I don't know so. when the – I don't know when the next book is going to come out because, I, like I said, I just handed it in, and usually there's like a year lag time. So it'll probably be about this time next year. I won't find out from Llewellyn for a little while when their release date is planned to be. Um, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, we can always talk when that one comes out. Um, or if there's something in particular that you, you know, want to chat about, God knows you He's got all the rest of those books to, you know, to look at and go, all right, we didn't get to talk about this thing, this thing, or this thing. Um, yeah, oh, I'm definitely. happy to come back. Definitely. That's wonderful. So tell folks if you actually have anything public coming up or if you are still staying under wraps for 2022, what's I'm going on? I'm mostly still staying under wraps as far as I can tell. Um, you know, I, I am going to be doing – class for the new moon bookstore uh which is out in california obviously i'm doing it virtually um and right. that you can if you go to new moon books um online uh then you can you can see that and i'll be you know i'll be talking about it online and that is november wait let me get up and check my little crib sheet here november 11th uh 7 p.m to 8 30 p.m uh yeah new moon books is a huge pagan bookstore out in california um and you know run by some really really nice folks and so that i'm actually doing a like a paid class which i i don't usually do but they asked me to so i'm like all right uh see how easy i am i was like okay um well one of the things (laughs) is when you have a when you have a new book come out, uh, you know, as an author, yeah. it's a good idea to go out and talk about said new book so people know it's out sure. there and will go out and buy it. Because otherwise, your publisher's like, dude, you suck. We're not going to let you write any more books. It's a thing. It is a thing. I know. And you do not but want your publisher again, to think you suck. No. Well, no. I mean, no. I, I Although don't I, think, I think I think Llewellyn likes me pretty talk. well. I. I I think they're I think Llewellyn is yeah yeah I think they've kind of made it known that they maybe kind (laughs) of like you to write for them I mean maybe I'm not sure yeah well it's you know although at this point you know it's the tricky part is coming up with an idea to write about that I haven't already written about. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, when you hit the 14 bookmark and, and a tarot deck and an oracle deck, all of a sudden you're like, well, crap, what haven't I talked about yet that I haven't covered to a fair amount, you know, in another book. And that's, that's actually going to be my biggest problem from now on, I think, is coming up with new ideas of things to write about. I, I may have run out of steam. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think so. 
I don't think so. As a matter of fact, off air, I have a suggestion, but that's just me. Oh, okay. Um, but once, yeah. But once again, this book, the eclectic witch's book of shadows, witchy wisdom at your fingertips. I'm just saying, get if you're like me, and you just need a place that says, put this here, put this idea there. You guys know I'm fucking lazy. This book is amazing. Just to the have, end. It has beautiful illustrations. Beautiful illustrations by Mickey Mueller, and it's such a pretty book. I mean, I just like a pretty book, and it is such a pretty book. It really is. The illustrations are gorgeous. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Mickey Mueller and everything she does, too. So when I saw the illustrations, I was like, she's amazing. She's amazing. I just hit her up once in a while and say, what's going on? And we just chat because I love her, and she's amazing. Yeah, no, she's great. Um, I was so when they asked me who I wanted to do the illustrations, she was my first choice because she's just so talented and so nice. Oh my gosh, one of the nicest people in witchcraft, without yep. a doubt, is Mickey Mueller. I mean, she's just yeah. I mean, she yeah, she's no, the she's, heart and she soul is sometimes. good people. Good people. And it was so funny because, you know, when I took the idea to Llewellyn, I said, I know this is a big ask, but could we have Mm -hmm. a fully illustrated book of shadows that looks like somebody drew in it, you know, themselves and all that stuff? And they said yes, which amazed me because having a book full of color illustrations is much more expensive to print. So I wasn't sure if they'd do it. And, um, And then, you know, I said, okay, you know, let's put Mickey's bio and information in the back of the book because so much of this is, you know, her touch. And she was so grateful. You know, she was so happy because she said, you know, usually I do illustrations and other than like a little line somewhere, you don't get credit. I'm like, are you kidding? This book would not be anything like this if it without your illustrations. So no, I, I have to, I have to definitely give her credit because it, it lifts the book to a whole nother level to have the full illustrations and it's, and, and she did the cover, which is gorgeous. It's also my first hardcover book. My very first of all the books I've ever done, it's the only one that's a hardcover, so that makes it, like, even happier and fancier and stuff. It is gorgeous. I mean, it really is gorgeous. And it's so welcoming. There's nothing nothing preachy or pompous about this book. Um, You know, it's not about whether or not you're educated. It's about whether or not you feel welcome. And this book is so welcoming, and it just draws you in. And between the words and the illustrations and the guidance, Deborah, this is so beautiful. And thank you so much for coming on and writing it and talking about it and sharing it with us. And I have to tell folks, it's for you or a witch you love. It It is a really great item to have. So I cannot encourage you enough to go and buy this book. Yeah, I keep telling um, everybody that, it's the perfect Yule gift. It is. It's absolutely the perfect Yule gift. Uh, so I encourage folks, please pick up a copy or two for yourself and somebody you love. Deborah Blake, once again, thank you so much for spending the hour with me, and I would love to talk to you again. Well, you know where to find me, and you are very welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Everybody, thank you, and thank you. And I will see you guys next week, 4.15 on Thursday. 
uh, First Friday Politics with Towson on Friday evening, and have a great week. See you then. Bye.